When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It used to be incomplete Till I saw what I was looking for Hey, we're talking about the police for, what, the second, third, fourth time? Third time, I think, right? Al, Al loves this group, man. Al's a big fan of the police. Uh, as are we at this podcast. Uh, <laughs> well, so hang on, because this I'm is I'm talking about the entity of the police. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we back the blue on this show 100%. Um, <laughs> oh, boy. I can't recover from that. Uh, no, no, no. I have really mixed feelings about the police, and I think that we talked about this when we did King of Suede. Yes. Like, I, they're a band that I have never... You know how there are bands where you're just like, I feel like I'm supposed to like this band a lot more than I do? I so the way that I see it is I think that the police are a band where they have these hits that are just home fucking runs in my eyes. Like like everything she does is magic, I think is just like a perfect fucking song. I would agree with that. You know what I mean? Like Message in a Bottle, great song. Don't great stand song. so close to me. Like great song. But they're also one of those bands, and I've controversially said this before, where it's like, I love Tom Petty. I love Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers so much. Mm-hmm. If you only own Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers' greatest hits, that is totally fine. You have you have covered 90% of the songs that you probably need to know by Tom Petty, and I feel like that's how I think about The Police, too, is like, if you only know the big radio hits by The Police... There's maybe one or two obscure tracks that like your life would you would you might enjoy, but your life isn't like worse for not knowing track nine on (laughs) some random police album. So I think I think I disagree with you on both of those points. (laughs) First of all, Tom Petty has so many great records. I do not recommend just getting a best of. That's just me. I think Tom Petty has multiple albums that are like just flawless. Don't get me wrong. I own almost every Tom Petty record and I like them, but I'm saying that like your life isn't, it's not like, how do I like if you, this is a totally different genre of music. So it's, it's kind of not fair, <laughs> but like if you only know Ben folds for brick, you're like really missing out on some like incredible songs. Like the, like the hits from Ben folds. I don't think even begin to right cover what makes Ben Folds so good, but it's like, if you like the hits of Tom Petty, 
you understand why Tom Petty is sure. Great. Like, you, like feel, you're. Yeah, no, I, I feel you on that. I think there's a difference between the idea of like, does the hit represent the artist completely? Yes. Or is the hit more of an anomaly? Where it's you, you by just knowing the hit, you're you're missing out on a lot of what they're capable of, which would be like someone being like, uh, "Oh, the Beastie Boys, yeah, I heard Fife Your Right to Party, and it's pretty fun, and yeah. that was it." And it's like, and no, like, no, no, oh, there's so much more. Yeah, that you got to listen to you Paul's boutique. You've got to exactly, <laughs> got to exactly. dive into this. Yeah. So, no, fair. so for uh, Tom Petty, you're right in that his hits span enough different ideas and sounds and stuff that you get a good idea of the type of artist he was from just yeah. the hits. Um, I'm just saying, I think there are a lot of like real incredible songs that are deep in those like deep cuts on those records oh, sure. that no, are worth. Damn the Torpedoes is like a exploring. front to back amazing record. Yeah, like, there are, he has a few records. Into that, the uh, Great damn Wide Open is perfect. It, yep. <laughs> uh, Full Moon Fever, Wildflowers. Um, there are a few like Tom Petty records that I think are great. But anyway, we're talking about the police. The police, I think you could make the same case that they're hit. To me, again, like every little thing she does is magic. Great song. King of Pain. I don't think that's a great song. No, no. Um, and I could go further and I could, again, like a uh, message in a bottle. Yes, that's a great song. Do, 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 da, 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 da. I don't think that's a great song. <laughs> I feel like they are really mixed. Um, and actually in, and which is <laughs> what brings me to an, another point, which is I am trying to reconcile how, I feel generally sort of meh about the police, and yet I love this track. I I love this track. This song is, uh, I mean, I can play this hand because it's two separate lists. This is such a better police pastiche than than King of Suede. This like, is a better song yeah. than King of Pain. Yeah. Like Al <laughs> has absolutely beaten the police on this like this is a better track like the police wish they had a single that was this good yeah no and i realized i realized that parts of this are inspired like i i saw online there's like um the general consensus is that this is grabbing elements of don't stand so close to me where the intro is that like kind of like lingering low synth line that he sings over it's very sparse a little bit of synchronicity too is in a little bit of synchronicity too in the guitar steps um but this is, I think, for me, and again, I feel like it doesn't get talked about in the same way. This is as impressive a style parody as some of the ones we have talked about, like Dog Eat Dog or like Dare to Be Stupid, Mr. Yeah. Popeil or Dare to Be Stupid. Like he really, um, he and the band have absolutely nailed the best elements of the police yeah. in this song. Well, because the police are, there, there's this anomaly with this band, right? Because I think that we can feel lukewarm towards the police, but still be like, oh, yeah, it is an incredibly talented trio of musicians. <laughs> like, oh, absolutely. Like, no you've question got, like, about three, that. Like, you've got, like, legitimately one of the most... I think Sting is definitely in the category of underrated bassists because mm-hmm. people don't yeah. really see him as a bassist. But some of the bass lines in especially early police records are fantastic. Yeah, and, and he's you, singing and playing, which on yeah. bass is exceptionally difficult. It's it's not easy to do. Yeah, one of the best drummers in rock and roll, like a dude who should be held into the same caliber as like a Getty Lee. And like, I think with him, it's a lot of, 
um, you know, you hear the old, I, I, I learned it from the Simpsons, but the, the adage, the jazz isn't about what you're hearing. It's the notes that they aren't playing. And it's like <laughs> yeah. to play some of the beats that he plays and it to be so simplistic in a certain mm-hmm. sense. I remember uh, he was on TikTok and someone asked him, what is the hardest song for him to play? And his answer was kind of this like somewhat deep cut police song spirits of the material world. Like it was a single, but it wasn't like a massive single. Mm-hmm. But his reasoning was that. And this is Stuart Copeland you're talking about? Stuart Copeland on TikTok. Gotcha, okay. And he said that it, what's hard about that song is that there's so much emptiness in it. Mm. So he has to have like, he's like, I have to have such a good internal clock yep. <laughs> of where. Yeah. The bits yeah. and pieces come in. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, the number of people I know in my world who worship the musicians of the police, um, you know, dr- I, it's a common thing that drummers I talk to, Stuart Copeland is a god among drummers. Yeah. Or at least, you know, a lot of drummers. Um, and Sting as a songwriter, Sting arguably is a songwriter more than a bass player, although I think he does get credit. He's generally, I think a lot of the songs, he is the guy who like really steers the ship completely and tell like this is like i remember hearing a while ago that he is the one who wrote the guitar lick to uh message in a bottle that's staying not andy yeah. summers like he he did that um and uh yeah i mean and even andy summers is a really weird and interesting guitarist who's very kind of avant-garde and strange in his approach and compared to the type of music that they make and they created credit where credit's due. They definitely created a sound that stood out as the police. And I think that that's and I think that that's what we talk about when we say like they nailed the Talking Heads, they nailed the B fifty twos, they nailed Devo because those are three groups that no one can sound like. No, there yeah. is there has never been another group that has matched the sound of a Devo or a B-52s, or a Talking yep. Heads. Like, they are all on these individual islands. And the police constantly gets lumped into just, like, the general new wave 80s sound, but yeah, they are yeah, another yeah. group that no one else could do the weird fusion of, like, reggae, dub, almost ska music, but also with this, like, upbeat new wave synthesized pop no, sound. No, it's true. It's very, <laughs> very strange. I mean, it's, it's a weird... It's funny, uh, I even... It's one of the most iconic things about their sound, but there's like an old Elvis Costello quote about the police that always cracked me up, which is like, someone really needs to, I think, <laughs> I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but I'm pretty sure he said like, someone needs to smack Sting and remind him he's not from Jamaica. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which is a fair thing to say. Again, a funny thing where I th- think nowadays, if a, a a white British man came out with a career where he was singing like that, people would be like, what are you doing right now? So, you know, what it's is happening funny. here? It's, it's really funny. I'm not sure if you saw this conversation happening on the One Hit Thunder Facebook page, but mm-hmm. we recently did an episode on Snow in Former, yeah. and yeah. someone asked the question of why did Snow become a laughingstock, but no one had an issue with UB40 doing almost the exact same thing? Was it because yeah. it was like this healthy mix of all types of races in the band? And it did make me question, like, there is this element that we kind of don't talk about enough where the UK's like reggae ska scene was so inclusive, but you did it have, was. you did have most of those groups that came from the UK scene. It was a white singer singing in a fake Jamaican accent. It, it often was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they were inspired. It's so funny actually, cause this totally unrelated, but yesterday when I was doing stuff around the house, I put on a record and I put on the, 
first album by the specials, which I hadn't heard in a long time, so which is this like, <laughs> you know, a, a revolutionary album, but it was made by kids again of all races who lived in a poor part of England that had a lot of, um, Jamaican immigrants who were living there. And that was exposed them to reggae records that otherwise they had no business hearing. Yeah. Um, and that started the movement. And it's really interesting of like, you know, everyone's going to have different takes on these types of things, but how sometimes appropriation in that sense is what it takes to break this thing out into the world so that people can actually hear it and then exactly. go back. And then it was, it's wild to think that a white kid singing in England wound up being the thing that led people to Bob Marley later. Yeah, but I mean, but it's you true. Could even, it you played could, a part and, you could and make staying an is argument, a part of that too. Yeah. You could make an argument that even like for kids of our generation, mm -hmm. like how many, 80s rap artists did we rediscover because Eminem blew up and was playing on alternative 100%. radio stations you know like absolutely like they were absolutely. playing him on the rock stations because he was a white guy yeah. and a bunch of and, kids who only listen to rock music was exposed to rap for the first time in a weird same with the Beastie Boys who we'll talk about next week. exactly like, yeah if you're doing it through a lens of like opening a door to a genre that you love and care about and you're like you're inclusive about it I think that's I mean that's why again the Beastie Boys were really beloved for the most part from the jump. Um, same goes for the specials. Yeah. The quote, um, there's a quote that I love about the, the Beastie Boys that I read in a magazine. Um, and it was, I'm pretty sure it was Reverend Run that told the story. But he, he tells the story about the very first time he played with the Beastie Boys. And he's like, we were playing in this dingy African-American bar. And he's mm -hmm. like, it was us, Public Enemy, and the Beastie Boys. And we had the Beastie Boys going on first. And he's sure. like, and our expectations were this club is going to hate these guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he was like, they they won the crowd over because never in the entire performance were the Beastie Boys ever trying to depict themselves as not white nerdy guys from Queens. Like, yeah, he's like, they're up there rapping about light beer and loving White Castle cheeseburgers, mm -hmm. and like, yeah. like they they didn't try to appropriate the elements of what people assumed was hip hop. They just liked rap music. Yeah. And they were celebrating the all stuff. the right yeah. parts of it. Yes. For themselves. And it's uh, by contrast, it's the reason why like a while ago, someone like Iggy Azalea got in trouble and it was in large part because she, by her own admission was like, not, she, I think she said something to the effect of that. She was not into like the history of rap music in America. Yeah. Like that, that was not of interest to her. And that's like, well, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> like, you're, like you have to, you can't take this. You can't take the parts that you like and not acknowledge like the history. Cause that's it. when it feels like you are actually trying to take it for yourself and not credit uh, and not be inclusive about it. You're, yeah. you're, you're putting up a wall where you should be opening a door. Um, 100%. And you and I have yeah. talked about this. I think when we were hanging out, but like, there's nothing that hurts me more than a person who just has zero interest in listening or watching anything that was released before they were born because i'm like oh, you're just yeah agreed. you're just cutting yourself out from so much interesting you're missing so much good stuff yeah so much yeah. like it, it's it's upsetting yeah. um so i do want to dive into the police a little bit more but real yeah, quick yeah, yeah. Or, or the song velvet elvis actually but there is one other thing i would just want to bring up because you mentioned the specials and i've been thinking about this a lot if someone was to hypothetically cut together just a like seven hour loop of ghost town by the specials. I think I could listen to that in its entirety. Like, I feel like we can make that happen. Matt. <laughs> that song just has such a perfect <laughs> groove that yeah. like I could, I could literally go to a Halloween party. That's just that song on repeat and be totally content yeah. with the vibe of the party. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. <laughs>
91 Donkey Lane is a magical apartment complex that contains immense power, but lacks intelligent inhabitants. What is happening? I'm getting texts. Why are we getting a lot of texts? People found out what we did. Oh, dividing Mike Myers into an infinite amount of tiny Mike Myers. Listen to 91 Donkey Lane for free on Spotify or your favorite podcasting app. More at 91donkeylane.com. See you there, you donkeys. So Velvet Elvis, there is some really great lyrics in this song. There is. And and so, again, not to go on another tangent right away, but I have to say, like, only in my doing research on this, and this might make me sound really dumb, it's possible, but I'm, I'm putting myself out there, I'm just being honest with you people, I did not know that uh, the term Velvet Elvis was a thing. So... I did I, not realize that was a reference to something that existed and that people knew and that this was a common thing. Yeah. So I I know that now. I probably learned that in the last 10, 15 years. As a kid, I literally thought that it was like a full-size Elvis made out of velvet, like like a velvet couch. Like, oh, this is a velvet Elvis. <laughs> it's like a mm. dummy that you would put in your... Your house. I, I mean, it's literally talking about it being a painting. I just was not paying attention to the lyrics as a kid. But I don't know why, for some reason, I in my head, I didn't picture a painting. I pictured like a statue. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like a statue of Elvis that was made out of velvet. Like is Yeah, but that makes no sense. I don't know zero why. Sense. My, my He's kid making references to Van Gogh and Ram. Rembrandt. Yeah, he exactly. He's ta- it's very clear. And for some reason, I'm glad that you said that, Matt, because I was just like when I was looking at the lyrics for this, I was like, what, what, what made me think this was something else? I think Maybe it's just, just the term kids velvet, dumb. Like, <laughs> yeah, I guess I'm just a dumb kid. I guess that's yeah. probably what it is. The, but yeah, uh, but yeah, the velvet of- Elvis paintings. I I think I actually learned about the existence of a velvet Elvis. Uh, oh my god. A velvet Elvis velvet painting. Velvet Elvis. From, uh, I'm sure that there was like jokes about it in like a Mad Magazine or something where they like depicted someone as being a loser and had like a velvet Elvis painting on their wall. Like, you know how they'd have like that pic? They would do those things in Mad Magazine where it'd just be like a picture with a bunch of arrows pointing to stuff and it'd be like signs and blah, 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 blah. I'm sure one of them said velvet Elvis and that's when I was like, oh, that's what that Weird Al song is about. Yeah. But, but this was and, my first introduction to that phrase. I had never did, heard of that phrase. Did before. you know, like, if there is a Wikipedia entry for Velvet Elvis that covers how many, like, there are so many songs that have been written about Velvet Elvis. Like, <laughs> I swear to God, there are, uh, j- even with the same title as this, like 10? That's insane. Um, all the way up to as recent as like Casey Musgraves did a Velvet Elvis song very recently. Um, I I am shook. I just did not know this was such, this was enough of a phenomenon that this many people have touched on it. It blows my mind. Yeah. It, wow. Sister Hazel. Did, I'm looking at the list now. Yeah. Sister the, Hazel, the Stray, the Stray Cats. cats. <laughs> That's insane. It's crazy. Um, it's in video games. Wow. Mm-hmm. This is, this is, I, I am... Oh, shit. Velvet Elvis repainting Christian faith is the book. I don't even have that book. And I love Rob Bell. (laughs) I mean, this is bizarre. And there's a picture here of the like a Velvet Elvis style painting, which, you know, we'll we can share with people. But it it is, you know, again, just a great example of, I guess, coming to this later and not having lived through this. Like this must have been a real cultural moment, either at a time or place that I was not I was not aware of. So. Can we talk about what I think is one of the best lines in this entire album? It's it's no womb with a view, but 
Mm-hmm. Check out those sideburns. There's nothing greater. You can tell that he's no Velvet Elvis impersonator. Uh, oh, my so God. So good. <laughs> like, that is such a good line. Yeah. <laughs> it's 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 great. I mean, and, and most of the lyrics of this song are just this funny. Like, it's so, like, and it has a darkness to it that the police songs often have. Like, it's both, like, light on its feet and, like, peppy and upbeat, especially at the end to kind of bust into this major... Uh, you know, major key, happy vibe, the the final Velvet Elvis refrains. But it's like a dark song. It feels dark musically, you know, about something super, super silly and weird. And I, I love when Al does these songs that are about like, this is really like, I guess about like a quirk. This feels very American to me. I mean, it's, uh, the back to being about all about Elvis certainly doesn't hurt that. But um, even just the weird, quirky nature of the collectible, obsessive, I gotta have it. Well, this uh, this falls mentality. In, this falls into. I'm trying to think if there's examples of this yet, but a, a lot of Al's food songs, right? I love Rocky mm-hmm. Road, My Bologna, yeah. Addicted to Spuds. They're all these songs about celebrating the mundane. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like this is one of the earlier examples of him doing it, but not about food. Like Correct. focusing on something else that is yeah. like super mundane. Because like I think that the most the the like you're talking about the darkest part of this thing. Like if this was a movie, let's say we made a movie based on this song. <laughs> okay. Right? It's it's that bridge where he's like, it's my own private graceland. I don't need anything. I don't need lava lamps. Like like this is like that point oh, in a horror a, movie where this the would person be an A twenty four for sure. Yeah, where it's just like this person is so obsessed with this one thing in their house that like they're killing people who touch it. You yeah, know? it's like, almost life ruining like, how much he loves this thing. Um, yeah, and and again, there's I'm you're sort of extrapolating that from the from the the sentiment a little bit like or the lyrics here, but even uh, at the end, I'm just actually now noticing. The uh, the final verse is the in my own private Graceland in my own little shrine to the king. I don't want nothing else, and I don't need anything. And then he lists some things that presumably were also of the culture at that time. Yeah, the dog don't need poker. no lava lamp, <laughs> don't need no soap on a rope, no pictures of Mexican kids with those really big eyes, or dogs playing poker. Now, all four of those references I get. Yeah, <laughs> it's weird to me that the Velvet Elvis is the one that I didn't, and maybe it was even then a more obscure and less obvious one, which is why he did the song about it. Um, I also like the line that comes right after that. Cause there is again, this, this dark sadness to it when I'm watching, when I'm at home watching TV, the King is always looking down at me. Yeah. <laughs> like, he looks like, so handsome. He stands so tall. So glad he's big enough to cover up the hole in the wall. Yeah. I mean, this is a dark, per- I, I don't know. I, again, maybe I'm putting too much into it, but this feels like a tragedy. This <laughs> song, well, but I, I think that there is that line specifically, the king is always looking down on me. Like if you yeah. took that lyric out of context, right? And you just said, what do you think the lyric, the king is always looking down on me is about? Someone's going to be like, oh, it's a song about like being a peasant and being repressed and being like, like or I don't think. Or that, religious. Yeah. I mean, it like has it's, very religious tones. Like he is worshiping this painting. Like I don't think that that's accidental. For what we know no. about Al, he doesn't like accidentally stumble into something that has a double meaning to it. Yeah. And just, you know, going, 
going into like the 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 final course where they're yelling Velvet Elvis and he's adding in his little ad libs or whatever. Yeah. Where it's like he never ages. He's never gonna put on weight. He never like, puts on weight. Yeah. Like it's I I could see. We have to write to Al, obviously, in another twenty years when he decides to make his third feature film. I think it should be an A24 horror film about a man's obsession with a Velvet Elvis painting. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, the more that we talk about it, the more this feels like a great idea. Although, funny <laughs> enough, I also found this was also on Al's like an old Q&A he did. Um, someone asked him a question, noting that there was a club in Houston, Texas that named itself Velvet Elvis and got sued by Elvis's estate. Um, and this person asked um, if Al had any issue with the song and Al says, no, I met Priscilla once or twice while doing the naked gun movies and she never tried to subpoena me or anything. <laughs> so I guess it was fine, but um, yeah, I mean, it's uh, the point being that the velvet, uh, the Elvis estate, uh, who knows they uh, having to go through them to get this movie greenlit might be a challenge. We're going to have to get well, our, get our legal team on it. Right. I'm sure a 24 is, is set up for this whole kind they of got thing. The no problem. Pockets, oh, they'll be fine. They'll Look, be fine. We just made that. They just made that movie Elvis. Like that's true. That's yeah. true. Although I know that was again done like with the family's approval completely. Otherwise they wouldn't have gotten made. That's fair. All right. Yeah. All right. You ready to rank this bad boy? I think so. Yeah. I, I, another just, uh, again, I'm the, the thing I kept coming back to that I wrote down as I was, as we were listening to this is just like, I like this song too much to not like the police, <laughs> which is in my head. I feel like I don't love the police and I like this too much to, for that to be true. So I think I have to take a, a fresh look at them uh, following this episode and see, uh, see what I've been missing. Maybe, maybe I'm going to become a police fan at this point. It's, it's never too late. Uh, another shout out to, cause it's very inspired by Andy Summers, but the guitar solo in the middle of this song is so good. Yes. It is this <laughs> d- weird ambient, like very sparse, very little is going on. And it's just these like textures that kind of s- swirl around the stereo. If you have headphones on, Oh my God. Excellent. Excellent. Excellent solo. Like this is just a great, a great try. I know they've been doing this song a lot on the Vanity tours. Well, as a live staple, we, like this has come up a bunch. Should we talk about your keyboard player? <laughs> yes, thank you, uh, uh, Brandon, the keyboard player for Weedus, went to go. Hi, Brandy. Hello, Brandy. He listens to the show, and because he listens to this show, he went to see Weird Al play at Graceland because he lives in Memphis, and he saw Al play at Graceland. Um, and Al, I think he said opened with this track because of course he did. How can you not open with Velvet Elvis in in Graceland? And I also think that he did an Elvis cover in the encore. Maybe it was Blue Suede Shoes. I can't remember, but, um, I don't know why, but in my heart, I want to hear Al sing Burn in Love. So I'm just going to tell myself that that's what he did. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but, uh, but yeah, he did, uh, do that there. And I presumably, uh, from what I heard, I absolutely brought the house down. Um, with his Velvet Elvis uh, tribute. Oh, oh, no, I'm sorry. He did. I just looked it up. He sang uh, Viva Las Vegas. I mean, also a great one. I still say Al should do Burn in Love. I, I think that I could hear him doing that hunka, hunka, burn in love. Al, if you're listening, it's not too late. Get yeah. on it. Get on Next it. Next Graceland show. We'll fly out there just to hear oh, you we'll play go. Burn in Love. Oh, we'll go. Put us on the guest list and we will be there. <laughs> you're welcome. Okay. Yes. No. Now I'm. I. I feel like I'm ready to rank this song. Okay. I. I really. I really do like this one a lot. I'm gonna rank it higher than I expected to. But I'm just. Uh, I'm putting this in between Christmas at Ground Zero and This Is the Life. All right. 
I also am going to rank this higher than I was planning to. Um, I, I said something in the Vanna White episode where I was like, I think this is, it's this or another song that's kind of my least favorite original. Um, mm-hmm. This was the song I was referencing to at the time. Mm. Sitting down and listening to it this time, like, oh no, Stuck in a Closet with Vanna White is definitely my least favorite of the originals <laughs> on this album. Um, Velvet Elvis, again, I think there's going to be a pretty big cluster for me. Yeah. Uh, ultimately with even worse with a lot of these. And this is nothing. This is again one of those things. I'm putting it in between Mr. Popeil and Mr. Frump in the Iron Lung. And Ooh, that three and misters. Yeah, and that's a little bit <laughs> that's a little bit lower than than where you have it. Just a but, little bit. But again, I think you'd feel the same way. This is not even like an indictment against this song. It is just that A, the songs that we have above it, there's there's a big piece of nostalgic mm-hmm. overwhelming love for it in all honesty i almost <laughs> part of me is like man i almost want to move slime creatures down a bit because i was I, thinking i wonder if we should set up a, a moment for ourselves where we can like should we give our ch- do we give ourselves a chance to i say at the turn of each decade of all albums we we can rearrange a little bit we can we, do a rearrange okay yeah, so, all right. so after uhf before uh off the deep end we'll do at a, the turn a of the decade i like that that's a good yeah. that's a good way to break it down because we don't <laughs> so, want to do it too much there's a there's something about picking we'll work out sequence we'll work out that the is, rules but we'll we'll like there might have to be like you can only move five songs or something yeah you know, there'll like, be a limit we're gonna you guys we're gonna work out the rules if yeah. you guys have suggestions for rules because nothing's more fun Send them. than we a podcast love, with rules. We love a tremendous amount of rules <laughs> on this show. As again, we love the police, and as a result, we want rules. So hit us with rules on Facebook or Instagram and let us know what you think a good way to, to rearrange is. And if you don't care and we can do whatever we want, then maybe we'll do that. But uh, yeah, I, I think a couple things could could move a little bit. Maybe I like the idea of like we can move something but only like one spot. Yeah. Like you can't move something from number fifteen to number five. Yeah, it's got to be like one position up or down, and it's very calculated moves. Something like that. I don't yeah. know. Like the game Risk, <laughs> a lot of strategy. Just like uh. the game <laughs> Risk led to so many fights in my house growing up. Like I can't even. That that was that was too tough. Risk. I that's probably I had some top, family members who really struggled with that game. It's probably top five board games for me. Uh, I I think it's good fun, but uh, uh, I it also. Uh, a lost, lot of tear, a lot of tears, a lot of crying. Lost some good ones. A lot of crying. <laughs> to, to the At least one time where the board got pushed and all the pieces fell off, and it was like, well, that's that. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 